This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Five Little Peppers and How They Grew by Margaret Sidney. Chapter 3 Mamsie's Birthday. "'Run down and get the cinnamon, will you, Joey?' said Polly. "'It's in the provision room.' The provision room was a little shed that was tacked on to the main house, and reached by a short flight of rickety steps, so called because, as Polly said, "'twas a good place to keep provisions in, even if we haven't any, and besides,' she always finished, "'it sounds nice.' "'Come on, Dave, then we'll get something to eat.' So the cinnamon was handed up, and then Joel flew back to Davy. And now Polly's cake was done, and ready for the oven, with many admiring glances from herself and Phronsie, who with Seraphina, an extremely old but greatly revered doll, tightly hugged in her arms, was watching everything with the biggest of eyes from the depths of the old chair. It was placed in the oven, the door shut to with a happy little bang, then Polly gathered Phronsie up in her arms, and sat down in the chair to have a good time with her, and to watch the process of cooking. There was a bumping noise that came from the provision room that sounded ominous, and then a smothered sound of words, followed by a scuffling over the old floor. "'Boys!' called Polly. No answer. Everything was just as still as a mouse. "'Joel and David!' called Polly again, in her loudest tones. "'Yes?' came up the crooked stairs in Davy's voice. "'Come up here right away!' went back again from Polly. So up the stairs trudged the two boys, and presented themselves rather sheepishly before the big chair. "'What was that noise?' she asked. "'What have you been doing?' "'Twasn't anything but the pail,' answered Joel, not looking at her. "'We had something to eat,' said Davy, by way of explanation. "'You always let us.' "'I know,' said Polly. "'That's right. You can have as much bread as you want to. But what have you been doing with the pail?' "'Nothing,' said Joel. "'Twouldn't hang up. That's all.' "'And you've been bumping it,' said Polly. "'Oh, Joel, how could you? You might have broken it. And then what would Mamsie say?' "'I didn't,' said Joel, stoutly, with his hands in his pocket. "'Bump it worse than Davy. So there.' "'Why, Davy,' said Polly, turning to him sorrowfully, "'I shouldn't have thought you would.' "'Well, I'm a-tired of hanging it up,' said little Davy vehemently, "'and I said I wasn't a-goin' to. Joel always makes me. I've done it for two million times, I guess.' "'Oh, dear,' said Polly, sinking back into the chair, "'I don't know what I ever shall do. Here's Phronsie hurt, and we want to celebrate to-morrow, and you two boys are bumping and banging out the bread-pail, and—' "'Oh, we won't!' cried both of the children, perfectly overwhelmed with remorse. "'We'll hang it right up.' "'I'll hang it,' said Davy, clattering off down the stairs with a will. "'No, I will!' shouted Joel, going after him at double pace, and presently both came up with shining faces, and reported it nicely done. "'And now,' said Polly, after they had all sat around the stove another half-hour, watching and sniffing expectantly, "'the cake's done. Dear me, it's turning black!' and quickly as possible Polly twitched it out with energy, and set it on the table. Oh, dear, of all the things in the world, the beautiful cake, over which so many hopes had been formed, 
that was to have given so much happiness on the morrow to the dear mother presented a forlorn appearance as it stood there in anything but holiday attire it was quite black on the top in the centre of which was a depressing little dump as if to say my feelings wouldn't allow me to rise to the occasion now said polly turning away with a little fling and looking at the stove i hope you're satisfied you old thing you've spoiled our mamsie's birthday and without a bit of warning she sat right down in the middle of the floor and began to cry as hard as she could well i never said a cheery voice that made the children skip it's mrs beebe oh it's mrs beebe see polly polly scrambled up to her feet ashamed to be caught thus and whisked away the tears the others explaining to their new visitor the sad disappointment that had befallen them and she was soon owing and awing enough to suit even their distressed little souls you poor creatures you she exclaimed at last for about the fiftieth time here polly here's some posies for you and oh thank you cried polly with a radiant face why mrs beebe we can put them in here can't we the very thing and she set the little knot of flowers in the hollow of the cake and there they stood and nodded away to the delighted children like brave little comforters as they were the very thing echoed mrs beebe tickled to death to see their delight it looks beautiful i declare and now i must run right along or pa'll be worrying and so the good woman trotted out to her waiting husband who was impatient to be off mr beebe kept a little shoe-shop in town and always being of the impression if he left it for ten minutes that crowds of customers would visit it he was the most restless of companions on any pleasure excursion and phronsie's got hurt said mrs beebe telling him the news as he finished tucking her up and started the old horse ha huh, you don't say so he cried whoa dear me said mrs beebe how you scat me pa what's the matter what the little girl that bought the shoes asked her husband yes replied his wife she's hurt her foot sho now said the old gentleman that's too bad and he began to feel in all his pockets industriously there can you get out again and take her that and he laid a small piece of peppermint candy thick and white in his wife's lap so the candy was handed in to phronsie who insisted that polly should hold her up to the window to thank mr beebe so amid nods and shakings of hands the beebes drove off and quiet settled down over the little brown house again now children said polly after phronsie had made them take a bite of her candy all around let's get the cake put away safe for mamsie may come home early where'll you put it asked joel wishing the world was all peppermint candy oh in the cupboard said polly taking it up there joe you can climb up and put it clear back in the corner oh wait i must take the posies off and keep them fresh in water so the cake was finally deposited in a place of safety followed by the eyes of all the children now said polly as they shut the door tight don't you go to looking at the cupboard joey or mammy'll guess something can't i just open it a little crack and take one smell when she isn't looking asked joel i should think you might polly just one no said polly firmly not one joe she'll guess if you do but mrs pepper was so utterly engrossed with her baby when she came home and heard the account of the accident that she wouldn't have guessed if there'd been a dozen cakes in the cupboard 
Joel was consoled, as his mother assured him in a satisfactory way that she never could think of blaming him, and Phronsie was comforted and cuddled to her heart's content. And so the evening passed rapidly and happily away, Ben smuggling Phronsie off into a corner where she told him all the doings of the day, the disappointment of the cake, and how it was finally crowned with flowers, all of which Phronsie, with no small pride in being the narrator, related gravely to her absorbed listener. "'And don't you think, Benzie,' she said, clasping her little hand in a convincing way over his two bigger, stronger ones, "'that Polly's stove was very naughty to make poor Polly cry?' "'Yes, I do,' said Ben, and he shut his lips tightly together. To have Polly cry hurt him more than he cared to have Phronsie see. "'What are you staring at, Joe?' asked Polly a few minutes later, as her eyes fell upon Joel, who sat with his back to the cupboard, persistently gazing at the opposite wall. "'Why, you told me yourself not to look at the cupboard,' said Joel, in the loudest of stage-whispers. "'Dear me, that'll make Mammy suspect worse than anything else if you look like that,' said Polly. "'What did you say about the cupboard?' asked Mrs. Pepper, who caught Joe's last word. "'We can't tell,' said Phronsie, shaking her head at her mother. "'Cause there's a cake—ugh!' And Polly clapped her hand on the child's mouth. "'Don't you want Ben to tell us a story?' "'Oh, yes!' cried little Phronsie, in which all the others joined with a whoop of delight— so a most wonderful story, drawn up in Ben's best style, followed till bedtime. The first thing Polly did in the morning was to run to the old cupboard, followed by all the others, to see if the cake was safe, and then it had to be drawn out and dressed anew with the flowers, for they had decided to have it on the breakfast table. "'It looks better,' whispered Polly to Ben, "'than it did yesterday. And aren't the flowers pretty?' "'It looks good enough to eat, anyway,' said Ben, smacking his lips. "'Well, we tried,' said Polly, stifling a sigh. "'Now, boys, call Mamsie. Everything's ready.' Oh, how surprised their mother appeared when she was ushered out to the feast, and the full glory of the table burst upon her. Her delight in the cake was fully enough to satisfy the most exacting mind. She admired and admired it on every side, protesting that she shouldn't have supposed Polly could possibly have baked it as good in the old stove, and then she cut it, and gave a piece to every child with a little posy on top. Wasn't it good, though, for like many other things, the cake proved better on trial than it looked, and so turned out to be really quite a good surprise all around." "'Why can't I ever have a birthday?' asked Joel, finishing the last crumb of his piece. "'I should think I might,' he added reflectively. "'Why, you have, Joe,' said Ben. Eight of them.' "'What a story!' ejaculated Joel. "'When did I have em? I never had a cake. Did I, Polly?' "'Not a cake birthday, Joel,' said his mother. "'You haven't got to that yet.' "'When's it coming?' asked Joel, who was decidedly of a matter-of-fact turn of mind. "'I don't know,' said Mrs. Pepper, laughing, "'but there's plenty of time ahead.'" End of chapter 3